Hello, and welcome to Escape Pod 20, a podcast series celebrating 20 years of Escape Studios, the UK's premier VFX animation and game art training and teaching institution. Escape Studios is a rookie certified school, Unreal Authorized Training Center, and Houdini certified school, so you know our curriculum is of industry quality. This podcast episode today covers the year 2013, the 11th year in our 20 years of celebration. With me today is Stuart Penn. Hello, Stuart. Hi. Hi. How are you doing today? Thank you for joining me in the escape pod. (laughs) Today, I'm very excited to have you here because uh, 2013 was an epic year when when it comes to film, and not because of all of the other films that were out there, but because of a film that you worked on in particular, as you were a sequence supervisor on uh, the film Gravity. Yeah. Well, we thought we'd talk to you today because um, you came in and um, spoke with us with two of your colleagues at the for the keynote speech, actually, at the VFX Festival that year. And um, and then you also were very kindly joined us for one of our evening with presentations. But that year in particular was just brilliant. I mean, I remember personally going to see the film with another VFX supervisor and we were alone in the studio, like alone. It was one of those like middle of the afternoon on, on a Tuesday yeah. kind of thing. And we were just like our jaws were on the floor for the entire time. We were so excited and then went off on the weekends to watch it again, you know. Yeah. And um, and I think that was the same for a lot of people because when when you did give that speech, it was a packed house. I think some people were in the lobby trying to listen in at the door um, at the VFX Festival and you you were there with your colleagues. And, um, and it'd be great to hear about um, the work you did on there because, of course, it was all about the sequences. I mean, it had the most breathtaking um, first sequence of, of any film I'd seen. So would you like to tell us a little bit about um, uh, about working on that film and about the previous element and the changes in CGI that made it such a groundbreaking film? Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess we need gravity in, in three parts. There is the all the prep we did, then there was the shoot, then there was the post. So it very much wasn't visual effects as post, it was visual effects as filmmaking. So we previewed the entire film before, you know, we had heavy stages put. So everything was previous and lit. We did a full digital pre-light on the previous. Um, so when we got to set, we knew exactly what the lighting was going to be. And since a lot of it was shot in this um, LED light box, we needed to know what we were doing up front. We needed to plan it and make sure everything was glued back together in, in post. So my, my sort of first job... In the first section of the film, uh, in development, was to work out how to take this, the, the film, and work out how to take all the previews and turn it into moves so we could actually make work on set using, whether it was using the light box with a robot camera or on some of the more manual rigs or some of the flying rigs we used for Sandra going through the space station. So it was working out that tech base and doing some of the pre-lighting, working with uh, photography Chivo, to get a common language and how we would like the film. And then in the second phase, the actual shoot, I was on on the shoot, running a lot of the setups, being the liaison between visual effects and like the art department and rigging and stunts on the floor, sort of running through all the moves, checking everything worked before we brought the cast in 
and ran everything with them. And then in post, I was a lighting supervisor, sort of running uh, sequences of lighting and running, running the shots. Um, so that, that was basically my gravity in a nutshell. <laughs> the one thing that's remarkable, though, is that um, throughout, if, I mean, if you think, for example, the sequence where Sandra Bullock's character is untethered and starts spinning into deep yeah. space. Um, and, you know, the camera's focusing in on her face and what she's seen and the reflection in her in her helmet yeah. and all of that sort of thing. And the sun is perfectly aligned so that exactly is if she was spinning, the line, the, the light is, is yeah. affecting her, uh, the reflections on her helmet perfectly. So, um, and I know spinning back as you're looking back at the globe as well. So you're seeing the earth's moving, but I remember... Mm -hmm. There was also um, the discussion of having to make sure that, you know, the clouds were doing the right things, that they hadn't changed every time she flipped around and she was still yeah. hanging over the same company as she's twirling around. I mean, there's a, there's a lot to consider, isn't there, when you're piecing it all together that, you know, so that it looks it looks right. Yeah, and also there was the thing we couldn't actually spin Sandra <laughs> around around 360 degrees for that long. So <laughs> part of the tech business was working on how to... Make it look that way. Having her rotating into camera, and then she could reset for the next uh, for the next rotation by the time the camera came back. Because we were only using her face, and everything else was going to be CG. And then the lights were already in sync with what her move was going to be. So when we came to do it in post, everything would actually line up, and it would actually look like she was was rotating 360. So, so all those years studying physics came in handy. Then, would you say? I think so. I think that's one of the reasons that Tim Weber, who was the overall VFX supervisor, asked me to be on the show is because he knew I had a physics background. We worked together quite a few times over the years. And he thought this was a perfect fit for me with all my top technical knowledge to help work out how to get the shoot done. And yeah, I mean, you you yourself have been in film, uh, working in film for a very long time. I mean, you've worked in some of the biggest films, including Avatar and Paddington 2, of course, is one of my yeah. personal favorites. But, you know, all of these films really needed your kind of special um, approach uh, to filmmaking. And, and do you find that now that you've been working in film, there's no way would it just ever go back to just being a, a physicist? Now it's like you, it's what your appetite and you love the excitement of problem solving. Yeah, I think I do. I think I think I find it hard to go back. Also, I've probably forgotten so much of what I, <laughs> I, I need to know as a physicist by now. It'd be really hard to go back. But yeah, the knowledge is still there. It does come in useful quite a lot. Perfect. So, so when it comes to now looking at films going forward, you know, and the way the last few years um, things have developed, uh, you know, people are using the cloud, people are working remotely, people are um, working in, in virtual production, you know, there's Unreal Engine that's shaping how stories are made. Um, and so a lot of people are jumping on board to learn where that could take them and how they can tell their stories. So most of what you've done has required a, a, a lot of previs and a lot of planning, you know, because you're putting together motion control and different sequences that are very complicated. Do you think there's there's a chance that you might end up doing any work in future that revolves for virtual production? Or do you think, is is there room for both? Where, where do you think it's going to go from here? Or does it depend on the director? I think um, virtual production shouldn't really look like as a separate thing. So it's kind of all part of the package. And mm -hmm. that's why with Framestore we have our F FPS division that who sort of deal with that side of it. But we're actually very tightly integrated because 
it's a continuous process. It's not, you can't really, and shouldn't, draw a line between the virtual production and the visual effects. I think it's important to have it integrated, and the visual effects supervisors will talk to the virtual production supervisors, and it's important we both get what's needed out of, out of it. And it's a collaboration between the visual effects, virtual production, and the filmmakers. So, yeah, it's very much everybody has to work together to make it work. I mean, you think about it, Gravity really was, that was doing virtual production. It's just very early virtual production, all this sort of the LED walls now. What we did with the light box was a very early prototype of using an LED wall for lighting purposes. So it's just developed more, the tools are more available now. Like you've got Unreal Engine, which obviously Epic are really working up the tools to enable you to work with LED walls. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a whole package, but you can't, forget, you can't just do everything in Unreal. You still learn your, your base packages like Maya enough to build your assets in and build some of your rigs and those things across and still like using Mari for texturing or Photoshop. It's still uh, you need a broad range of packages to be able to get the job done. Absolutely. It's almost just as if the puzzle's fitting in in a different way. So the production designer yeah. almost has to be a part of the conversation all the way through, if you like, because yeah. there's, you know, there's, there's different elements to be figuring out as far as the storytelling goes. But I guess as long as the story is king, that's what it's all about, really. Exactly. And I think I've found on, you know, when I've worked on sort of shows where I've been closer to the production side, you find the shows that run more smoothly are, are where you have collaboration from day one between the director, the, the DOP, the production designer, visual effects, stunts, and all the other departments, all the heads of department work together rather than it's, you just sort of compartmentalise everything. Everybody's working to find the best solution to tell the story and make the film rather than saying, well, that's a visual effects problem and this is that. It's, <laughs> it's not so clear cut because we, we might preview something to give to stunts so you can some stunt beers to work out how they can help to shoot it because it's the previous won't tell you the whole story because there are limits to what you can shoot. You can do all sorts of crazy things in previews, but if you can't shoot it, you've got to talk to the other departments to understand what they need. It's like production designer will have their input onto the design and what can practically be built on set against what you're going to do in visual effects afterwards. Like also finding the right cost point between what's cheaper to do. Is it to build a full practical set or is it cheaper to do that bit as a uh, in, in post? Yeah, I think that also the, the collaboration that you had in particular on Gravity with Alfonso, uh, the director, mm -hmm. who was actually in-house most of the time and being able yeah. to, to pop in and out and, and see what, what the images were looking at frame by frame if you wanted to, um, yeah. really helps too. So I guess it's great when you have a, a director like that that's, that's committed to the project. Absolutely. Yeah, so on Gravity... His office was on the floor, as was David Heyman's the producer. So they could just literally wander around the floor and see what the animators were up to. You know, I'm sure scheduling daylights at some of the animators <laughs> and having a picture of something appear over your shoulder. But, you know, it, it was good that he was so involved. So I guess, I mean, most of our listeners will have uh, been, been or will be students or junior artists or perhaps artists working with you now. Um, but um, I guess one of the things is that they're really going to be interested in, in understanding what it is that how could they be a better member of your team? So is it is it, you know, when it comes to collaborating, 
they, you know, should they be making sure that they 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 can talk to the director, or they can talk to their lead uh, supervisor, and that they can talk to each other and and solve those problems. And it's not all just about what they're doing, but about yeah. how it's going to piece together with with the team. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, filmmaking is a clever is a collaboration as a whole, but it's, in visual effects, it's a collaboration between the departments. And there's always that risk that it's such a specialized industry these days that you know we have modelers and texture artists you have some generalists but actually in film it's much more specialized but it's always important to keep a broader view of other other disciplines even if you want to focus on one just to understand how what you do affects people you're passing your asset to in the later stages or to the animation so that yeah, you will work together you don't create problems for each other there's no point sort of going off i'm just going to do this and then pass it on to the next people in the chain, and they're like, oh, we can't work with that. <laughs> so it's very much, if you understand the process from beginning to end, it always helps. You don't need to go into detail, but you need to have a good understanding of the process. And the filmmaking in general, you should really, I think, understand cameras and cinematography, because that, that is what we're doing. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So we're going to have some very, um, very eager listeners that are probably studying Maya uh, right now who know that that's the leading software package that mm -hmm. that Framestore are using and, and many other facilities that they might like to work with. And so what is it about um, go, for them going forward? Should they be um, learning other softwares that could plug into Maya? Should they be just focusing on on a, a certain uh, aspect of it, um, about whether, whether it's about designing an asset or about animating in Maya? Or what, what do you think they should be focusing on? Or should they leave it open just so that they're open to finding their passion? I think in the early days, it's good to leave it open and not decide like day one, I'm going to be a modeler or I'm going to be an animator because you might find you're not best suited to that because everybody's a bit different and it, they all cross slightly different mindsets and and skills. I mean, you might naturally, I mean, I have a sort of spoken to students, I said, oh, yeah, I started out, I wanted to be an animator, but when I actually got down to it, I found that doing the animation wasn't really what I enjoyed. Actually, like maybe it was sculpting or, you know, or doing the lighting, that's what they evolved into. So initially, yeah, keep, keep it a bit open, allow yourself to try different things to find what you're good at. And then when you know what you're good at, that's what you want to concentrate on. I mean, don't, don't be afraid to try some of the bits on the side as well, but when you get your sort of real, you want to use to get a job, make sure you're concentrated on that, on the things you know you're good at, or other people tell you you're good at as well. Don't always rely on what you think, show what you've done to people, to your peers. Um, if you can speak to people you know, who've been through it before you, see what they think of what you're doing and they'll give you tips oh, on how to improve. But yeah, to do, definitely talk to people about what you're doing. Don't get do everything in isolation. It's funny because actually that if you look at your own career, that's sort of how you went. You went from lighting and then modeling and scripting and motion control and VFX problem solving. Like you've had, mm -hmm. if you look at your your list of films you've worked on, you've had very different roles, but then you've spent a long time doing each role. It's not like you were just yeah. did it for two weeks and that for two weeks. So you really yeah. have a really good solid foundation before you even started supervising as a technical director. Yeah, I think, yeah, I started off as a, as a modeler, but even by the end of the first project I was on, I was doing bits of lighting. And as I was going, I was doing problem solving, helping out rigging and 
And that was the next show. I ended up having to do shader writing and texturing and sort of shop design as well. And it's just like picking up little bits before, you know, I was, I was still, in theory, I was a sort of model lead or supervisor, but I was always trying to do little other bits and other disciplines where I could just to learn more as I went. So I've noticed lately, and I'll, I'll probably just finish up because I know I've kept you for quite long enough, Stuart. Um, so um, going forward, I know you've just recently worked on Moon Knight, the uh, yeah. uh, series that's coming out. I think actually you borrowed Mark Spevic, our, uh, uh, one of our tutors over here, because he specializes yes, in yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, I And he loved the project. So uh, do you think you'll be working a lot more on other mini-series and bringing your, what you know to, to those projects? Or do you think there'll be some other features that you'll be working on? Where, where, or where do you hope you'll go with Framestore? Um, well, it's, I mean, that's the thing about Framestore. We've got such a broad sort of range of projects we work on. I mean, my next show is a feature, but yeah, I'm definitely open to going, doing it episodic as well. It's really about the project, really. It's finding those good projects. And Moon Knight was a very interesting project from Marvel. Such a different um, style uh, to some of their other, other shows. And it was really fun to work on. Cool. So that must be really an exciting time when you get around the table and you discuss what projects are coming up. And do you find sometimes you throw your hat in the ring saying, I really would like to work on this one if you'll have me? Or do you wait so, until you're assigned? Yeah. Sometimes I get, I get a word that often it's just like, this is this show's coming up, it's a good fit for you. Do you think you could do that? And it's like, yeah. Did they did they do that with you with the, or did you do that with gravity? Did that one did that one appeal to you just because it was in deep space? And of course it, it started a whole other kind of passion for for space films after that, didn't it? Yeah, I think that, that really did appeal to me. I mean, I'm a bit of a space nut anyway, <laughs> I think just from my background, my physics background, is that, so I was quite keen to get onto that one, and, and Tim thought it would be a good idea as well. So, yeah, well, it, was a, it worked out quite well. Cool. Excellent. Well, look, I'm... I can't tell you how uh, how lovely it is to see you in the escape pod in outer space. Yeah, <laughs> so, so I'm hoping I that put a different backdrop in, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> no, no one. Well, you know, they say no one can hear you scream in space, but you know, no one can see you on a podcast, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been lost on everyone else. Um, but. Thank you so much, Stuart. I'm, I really look forward to seeing um, your contributions in, in the next uh, work coming out from Framestore. And do you have any last um, words of wisdom or anything you'd like to say to escape, uh, to Ooh. say goodbye? <laughs> I'm not sure I have much in the way of wisdom. You know, it's, uh, it's really a lot of filmmaking is about communication. I know we've said that a few times, but it's communication and following your, your passions in the day. Cool. Well, you'll have to make some time for us in September because we'll be having a, a big party. So if you're okay. available, it's, uh, it won't be it won't be far from from Framestore. So you can just nip right over and hopefully we'll see you in, in very soon. Great. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Stuart. And um, take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. And we'll speak to you all soon. Bye, Stuart. Bye. <laughs>